Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. TGIF. Thank God I'm forgiven. You, you thought I was going to say, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> Hey, well, but Fridays is it's, this it's is a good Friday for Catholics. Absolutely, it's a good day. It's a good day for for Catholics. It's the Sacred Heart of Jesus. This is where we honor the first Friday of the month. You all know the routine, and this is the twelfth uh, promise. And you could just look it up because we have so much to unpack. But I also want to say. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Maranatha. Maranatha. (laughs) We have just entered the first week of Advent, and um, it's a time to just reflect and and think about uh, not only uh, Christ coming on Christmas, but also the second coming of Christ. Yes. And our own particular judgment. Right. That's going to be probably our our, uh, second second coming. coming. Yeah, the catechism. Most likely. (laughs) The catechism says about, about Advent, it says, when the church celebrates the liturgy of Advent each year, she makes present yeah. this ancient expectancy of the Messiah. That's Jesus. For by sharing in the long preparation for the Savior's first coming, that was Christmas mm-hmm. Day, the faithful renew their ardent desire for his second coming. That's Judgment Day. That's the end of the mm. world. Yes. Uh, also, uh, just uh, this t- tomorrow I'm going to be, uh, let me grab that little flyer there. <laughs> I'm going to be tomorrow in Portland, Oregon, St. Joseph's Catholic Church. It's the 7th Annual Holy League Catholic Men's Conference. It's going to be from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. If you're anywhere near Portland, Oregon, if you're a Catholic man, that would be the place to go. Yep, that would be a place to just kick off your Advent season, right? Yeah, we need to, we in, need to stay in encouraged. Retreat. And retreat, yeah. yes. I love that name, Holy League. That's so hard. Yeah. It sounds hard and masculine. Well, th- those are the ca- yeah. those are the Catholic men that fought the Muslims in the Middle yep. Ages. They call the themselves the Holy, Holy League. League. <laughs> hey, we're, we've got a topic that's going to take the entire show because this is a huge topic. The issue of marijuana and the diabolical, you can't separate them just like you can't separate nope. uh, you can't. the diabolical and, and, and Hollywood. You can't separate the diabolical and, and Disney. uh the devil has just got his fingers in so many things, but he's definitely got his his fingerprints all over the marijuana yes, industry. Definitely. So we're going to jump right into that article. It's it's put out by the tabletmag.com, and the article's called "How the Weed Became the New OxyContin." How the weed became the new OxyContin. And it's w- a fairly new article, August thirtieth, yeah, twenty two. This so this is the year, so pretty updated information here. Yep. So it says Big Farm and Big Tobacco are helping market high-potency, psychosis-inducing THC products, products as your mother's medical marijuana. Wow. Let me make a comment here. We've been warned mm-hmm. in the 1970s by Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen about the demon of marijuana, the demon of wine, and the demon of intoxication. Mm-hmm. His name is Bacchus who we reject, reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Go to to the the foot foot of the cross that our Lord may do with you as he wills. So for 30 years, Dr. Libby Stute, a recently retired addiction psychiatrist in Pueblo, Colorado, treated patients with severe dependency. Typically, that meant alcohol, heroin, and methamphetamines. But about five years ago, she began to see something new. Here's what she said. I started seeing people with the worst psychosis symptoms that I've ever seen. 
and the worst delusions I've ever seen. These cases were even more acute than, than what she'd seen from psychotic patients on meth. Some of the delusions were accompanied by severe violence, but these patients were coming up positive only for cannabis. You know, to me, this destroys any argument from mm-hmm. the left that marijuana simply calms you down and puts you to sleep. <laughs> uh, maybe the Cheech and Chong marijuana of the 70s had those effects, but this marijuana today, as this article is going to demonstrate, is addictive. And in fact, I know from other studies that 65% of juvenile drug rehabs, which is something that wasn't around when I was a teenager, yep, there was no there juvenile nope, drug rehab. They're, they're housing young people, about 65% of the juvenile drug rehabs are housing young people addicted to this new super mm. weed. Yeah, this super weed. So Dr. Stute, uh, she wasn't alone. The healthcare professionals throughout Colorado and all over the country were seeing similar episode, episodes. Ben Court, who runs an addiction recovery center in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, watched a young man jump up on the table mm. in the emergency room department and strip naked, Shh. claiming he was the god of thunder and threatening to kill everyone in the room, including two police officers. Also, a collegiate athlete who Ben Court worked with also had a psycho, uh, psych, psychotic episode and was shot five times wow. by the police with a beanbag gun before he was subdued. In Los Angeles County, Blue, Blue Star, a psychiatric, a psychiatric social worker, had a patient who climbed a 700-foot crane and considered jumping off of it, not because he was suicidal, but because he thought he was in a, in a computer simulation wow. like the Matrix. See the deception there? Yeah. Those patients, too, were high only on cannabis. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I worked at L.A. County uh, Juvenile Court Services in uh, the juvenile hall, actually in the medical unit, I worked with the doctor, and she was always telling these kids, do you smoke marijuana? They would, uh, in most cases, most of the time, they would say yes. And then uh, she would say, you know, that's a disincentive drug. It's going to cause unmotivation. And she would just go on to this lecture, and she was she's right. Seeing a lot of these kids and people that we personally know. In our own family. Yeah, in our family. Very unmotivated. uh, uh, There's no incentive to progress in life. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in 2012, Colorado legalized marijuana. In the decade since, in the decade since, 18 other states have followed suit. Wow. As billions of dollars have flowed into the new ab- above-ground industry of smokable, edible, and drinkable cannabis-based products, the drug has been transformed into something unrecognizable to anyone who grew up around marijuana pre-legalization. Let me That's just mention one thing. We can thank yeah. George Soros for all this because yes. he's the money behind yes. the marijuana industry. He's the one that initially jump-started this. Mm-hmm. And this guy just lives to use his money to disrupt countries, to disrupt, disrupt. governments, yep. uh, to bring about anarchy, trying to promote socialism. Yep. He's a very evil man. And he's these, evil and unhappy with himself. Yeah. <laughs> and these 18 states, yep. you can thank a guy named George, George Soros, Soros for your, your kids being on dope. Yep. Yep. And addiction medicine doctors and relatives of addicts say it has become a hardcore drug mm. like cocaine or methamphetamines. Chronic use leads to the same outcomes commonly associated with those harder substances. Overdose, psychosis, 
suicidality, and yet it's been marketed as a kind of elixir and sold like candy for grown-ups. Yeah, you know, by the way, the Mm -hmm. psychosis and suicidality are also consistent with diabolical (laughs) affliction. You'll find that demons mask and hide themselves behind the symptoms consistent with these drugs. This way, the person and their family only thinks the problem is medical and not spiritual, and mm-hmm. they'll never get receive the sacraments yeah. or prayer right. or, or confession because they just, they just think it's yeah. a medical, physical right. problem. And it no, it's no longer what they call a gateway drug. Oh. It's not. It's not. No. This is a full-blown-out drug, and that's why the, it's, it's still a, considered a cl- uh, class one substance according to federal right, law. Right, right. So Dr. Renette Lev, she is an addiction medicine doctor in San Diego who hosts a podcast about drug abuser. She said, I got into addiction medicine because of the opioid crisis. Years ago, she advocated against the overprescription of opioid painkillers like OxyContin. Now she believes she's seen the same thing all over again. The uh, precious claims of medical benefits, the denial of adverse effects, from big tobacco to big farmer to big marijuana, it's the same people and the same pattern. By yep. the way, it's mm-hmm. very simple. The love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. First t- uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. I-, I know some people will ask, and by the way, uh, there's a book that's posted. It should be posted right here on the page. It's a book that I wrote on marijuana. What's, let me see. I'll tell you what it's called. It's called... Um, What's Wrong problem. with Marijuana? 50 Questions and Answers. It should be right there on, on, on the screen if you want to get that book. Go I, to I, our website. jesseromero.com. I answer all the questions that you have about the issues of marijuana from, from a medical, philosophical, biblical, a scientific, a federal law. I, I argue six different ways why this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous. And, and, and essentially, I'll tell you what God wants from us. He wants us to have this pure, sober, renewed mm-hmm. mind of his son, Jesus Christ. This is why marijuana is wrong, because if God is calling us to renew our mind, for example, in Romans twelve two, it says, do not be conformed to this age, mm-hmm. the sinful age, godless age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's only when the mind is renewed, then what? You may discern, that means you could know what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. If you're under the influence, right. it's impossible to know the Absolutely will of God. Absolutely impossible. 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 St. Paul also says in 1 Corinthians 2.16, he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to counsel him? But we, Christians, have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. If, if your mind is saturated with dope, with, with marijuana and other drugs... it's impossible Mm -hmm. for you to have the mind of Christ, which is pure and holy and good and beautiful Mm -hmm. and true. And another verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, talking about the mind here, it says, And every pretension raising itself against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Again, it is impossible. When you read these three Bible verses that I just shared with you. A lot of wisdom there. It's clear that the Lord wants us to have transformed and renewed minds. My question is, how can you have the pure, holy mind of Jesus if you're under the influence of marijuana? You can't. You can't. We'll be right back. Stick around. Yep. Our Lady Guadalupe. Pray for us.
we are back, Jesus 911, and we're talking about an article on marijuana. And the title of the article is How Weed Became the New Oxycontin. Dangerous stuff. Dangerous stuff. So let's uh, continue with this uh, article. It says, prior prior to legalization, marijuana plants were bred to produce higher and higher concentrations of THC. THC, a natural naturally occurring chemical compound in the plant that induces euphoria and alters users' perceptions of reality. In the 1960s, the stuff of the hippies were smoking was less than 2% THC. By the 90s, it was closer to 5%. By 2015, it was over 20%. Uh, She calls it, it's a freak plant that resembles nothing of what has existed in nature, said Laura Stock, a public speaker who has advocated against the industry since her son Johnny killed himself three years ago at 19 years old after years of cannabis abuse drove him into psychosis. In the era of legalized weed, the drug you think of as cannabis can hardly be called marijuana at all. The kinds of cannabis products that are sold online and at dispensaries com- contain no actual plant matter. They, they're made by putting pulverized marijuana into a tube and running butane, propane, ethanol, or carbon dioxide through it, which separates the THC from the rest of the plant. The end product is a wax that can be 70% to 80% THC. That wax can then be put in a vacuum oven and further concentrated into oils that are are as much as 95% or even 99% THC. Known as dabs, this is what people put in their vape pens. And in the states like California and Colorado, It's totally legal and easily available to children. There are no caps on potency, said Laura Stack. This is obviously a concerned mother. She lost a son. She lost lost a son to suicide over Mm -hmm. this. Over this, and she's speaking out against this. Yes, God bless her. Yeah, if you're over thirty years old and you used to smoke weed when you were a teenager, the strongest you were smoking was probably twenty percent THC. Today, teenagers are dabbing a product that's three, four, or five times stronger, and are often doing so multiple times a day. Wow. Uh, yeah, this is this is a revelation to me. Yep. At that, I, know, I knew the dab was marijuana, but I didn't know the, the, the potency, the level. At that level yep. of potency, the impact of the drug on a user's brain belongs to an entirely different category of risk than smoking a joint or taking mm-hmm. a bong rip or even an intensively bred marijuana flower. It's highly addictive, and over time, there's a significant chance it can drive you insane. Here's mm-hmm. my comment. It can also drive you to suicide. Mm-hmm. And, and me and my wife, we yeah. know of such cases personally in, mm-hmm. our, in our orbit of friends and family. Mm-hmm. As, as Kyle Clements and Dan Schneider says from Liber Crystal, demons militate and push human behavior to do absurd things, to yeah. absurdity. And the end goal of diabolic affliction is to get the person to commit suicide. Why? Mm-hmm. This way... 
that person will be a slave to that demon forever in hell. Yeah, it's funny how you said the behavior to do absurd things. Well, we just heard uh, read in the first segment about those two gentlemen. One was, thought he was in the Matrix, and the other one was uh, jumping up in the emergency room, threatening to kill everybody. God so, help us. Yeah, there's the, they're absurd. <laughs> yes. God help us. We so, continue. Yeah. If you ever smoked a bowl and became irrationally anxious that everyone is staring at you and knows you're high, what you experienced was a mild symptom of cannabis-induced psychosis. According to one study, about 40% of the people react this way. If you experience that p- paranoia and keep smoking on a regular basis, nonetheless, especially with today's high-potency THC products, and especially if you're young, there's a good chance you'll eventually suffer a full psychotic break. Mm. 35% of young people who experience psychotic symptoms, according to another study, eventually have such an episode. If you keep using after that, you run a decent risk of ending up permanently schizophrenic or bipolar. Cannabis has by far the highest conversion rate to schizophrenia for any substance, higher than meth, higher than opioids, higher than LSD. Two Danish studies, as well as a massive study from Finland, put your chances at close to 50%. Incredible. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Christian Miller, an expert on psychotic disorders, she said, quote, one out of every 20 daily users can expect to develop schizophrenia if they don't quit. Wow. Now, here's my comment. Yeah. What drugs does, <clears throat> it damages, it, it, it can damage the intellect. Uh, so the drug, the intellect is damaged by drugs and also by sin, just continual mm-hmm. sin, yeah. drugs being part of that. Father Gabriel Morth, exorcist in Rome, uh, rest in peace, passed away in 2016. Mm-hmm. He's, just, he's, a, he's a legend in the world of spiritual warfare in, amongst Catholics. Uh, he answers the question, who can fall prey to the devil? And he says, his response was, by grave hardening in sin, Judas Iscariot is a classic example. Then he writes, many of individuals who abandon themselves to sexual perversions, and so you fall into, again, mm-hmm. uh, into diabolical affliction, abortion, violence, alcoholism, and drugs fall into this group. So Father Amor says, mm-hmm. people that are drug addicts can fall prey to the devil. So, why is drug abuse wrong? Well, here's, here's, here it is from Saint, uh, straight from St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor. He says in the Summa, he says the following. He says, quote, Since humans are soul-body composites, the soul is indeed supplied with phantasms, as images, by bodily organs, such as sense organs, which send information to our brains. Thus, damage to those material organs can hinder, and how do you damage them? Through drugs. Mm -hmm. Damage to those material organs of the brain, that's what he's talking about, can hinder the spiritual intellect from forming new ideas and performing other intellectual operations such as judgment and reasoning. And you'll see from drug abusers, that's the first thing that goes, Mm -hmm. their ability to judge and reason, you know, with with any type of rationality. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is that using drugs, it's it's self-medicating, because these people, and there's people in my family that are, that are drug yep. addicts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure my wife has people in her yes. family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Using these drugs, marijuana Pray specifically, is self-medicating because they're searching for meaning in life and they're racked with pain and confusion. Yeah, but 
But quitting THC products of that potency is almost impossible, Stute said. Comparing its addictive power to tobacco, the days of marijuana addiction being merely psychological are over. There is a definite withdrawal syndrome that includes irritability, anger, anxiety, massive cravings, can't sleep, can't eat, said Stute. And it's even harder because so many users believe it's good for them. (laughs) As a teenager, Kevin Bright suffered from depression and anxiety. He started smoking pot at around 15 years old to to self-medicate. As his tolerance built up, he started using THC concentrates, the stuff made from those high-potency waxes and oils, which was legal and easily available in the Bay Area suburb where he grew up. His personality began to unravel. His father... His father, Bart, told me, told the writer, he was constantly irate. He attempted suicide several times, once by ingesting pills, once by trying to hang himself, and another time by driving his car into the bay. Then he began developing full-blown delusions, imagining that the FBI was after him. When he called his parents, he would scream at them in, in gibberish. Eventually, at 29 years old, he put a plastic bag over his head and breathed nitrous oxide through a tube until he suffocated to death. When we lived in California... That's the end game for the devil. Yeah. When we lived in California, we, we knew a family down the street that, that happened to their 19-year-old, 20-year-old son. Exactly what my wife just shared with mm. you right now. Exactly that that type of pattern and, and, of behavior. And the more we find people and that have their child... Um, uh, addicted to to this drug, we're finding a lot of the end game. Is we just received an email from a faithful listener that's distraught of over their child. They just committed suicide. Young young girl. That's yeah. So yeah, Father Gabriel Lamorth, uh, he says that. And th- th- by the way, we already know what demon is behind this. I don't want to mention his name. I mentioned yep. at the top of the show. Yep. There's, the the devil has generals underneath him, mm-hmm. and these generals, these are powerful mm-hmm. demons. These are superior demons in the in, in, in the demonic realm, and they have different assignments. Well, yeah. there's a demon assigned to intoxication, wine, and marijuana. Mm-hmm. Starts with a B, and uh, he's doing a pretty good job right yeah, now. Yeah, he is. I, I'll just I'll have to say that. Uh, and and so, what are demons? What 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 do they do? Twenty four hours a day, temptation. Temptation mm-hmm. is the most common common ordinary activity of the demons, and it's directed against all men and women. By the way, mm-hmm. don't think men. I'm yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Father Amorth says this quote: "The devil will try every trick to force man's body to become an occasion for sin." Yeah, it continues with Kevin. Another another yeah, another case. Another case. case study. Kevin had a hardcore drug addiction, but in, in his imagination, he was just taking medicine, and a thirteen billion dollar industry was telling him he was right. Mm-hmm. See this this line, medicine. It's medicine. Yeah. The line about it being medicine. He bought that. Bright said about his son. I told people. What medicine do you get from a doctor's that's 100% always approved that you can get within 10 to 15 minutes online? You can take as much as you want per year. You never have to come back to renew it. Since marijuana is still considered a Schedule One controlled substance by the federal government, there's no such thing as a prescription for medical cannabis. Instead, you can get a recommendation from a physician. One of the things that uh, I'm, not, I'm not real... 
confident about uh, President Brandon. I think that no. he's probably going to yep. de- he's going to make this uh, he's going to get rid of this as being a, uh, a, a, a narcotic under the Schedule One Ab- substance of the federal government. Absolutely, he's already I talking he about is. it. Oh, he yeah, wants to legalize it federally, yep. and and it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, this is the worst president we've ever had in the yep. history of this country by far. Not even yep. close. We got to pray for his conversion yeah. because he has to. Uh, yeah. He's going to answer to all the pre- these. President Brandon has a lot yep, to answer yeah, absolutely for. Absolutely does. But, yeah, yeah. But let's continue with the article. Yeah. So this doctor recommends it typically has no expiration, has no dose, has no duration, no change across state lines. Ben Court said, "It's basically take as much as you want, as often as you want, until you feel what you want." Colorado has tightened rules about medical cards, but only for eighteen to twenty-year-olds in an effort to mitigate drug dealing in high schools. It's, That's the only reason, not because oh, it, it's harmful. Is that you kidding me? <laughs> it, it's obvious to me that this is just another way for the globalists like George Soros, who initially funded the marijuana industry mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um, he wants to reduce the population, much, much like his buddy Bill Gates seeks to reduce the population through vaccines. These, yep. these globalists, uh, they have... They have this love with death. Yep, absolutely. Jesus 911, but we have love of life. Yeah, we believe in Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, yep. and the life. Yeah. And you know what? We got to follow Jesus in this absolutely. life so we can have eternal life. We'll be right back. Jesus. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. Jesus, 911, God, come to our assistance. Lord, make haste to help us. Friday, we talk about spiritual warfare. And this is spiritual warfare. Yep. The devil and the Mexican cartels, who are all Satanists, all seven drug families, are running the marijuana industry in the United States. They are Satanist, and the demon that runs this, it starts with a B. I don't want to mention his name again. But the fact is... Everything we're sharing with you, it has the fingerprints of Satan right on it. Absolutely. And we Americans, we need to stop this by purchasing it. That's how you stop it. Stop being a, a consumer of this this uh, um, demon demon god. That's what it is. Yeah. I call it uh, the, uh, Satan's green Satan's, plant. Yes. Yeah. Hey, let me mention, uh, hopefully some of you guys uh, the, that uh, listen to the show, uh, live in the Portland, Oregon area, or just in Oregon in general. I'm going to be. I'm leaving after the show. Me and my wife are going to Portland, Oregon, St. Joseph's Catholic Church. Tomorrow is the seventh annual Holy League Catholic Men's Conference. It's uh, from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's in Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's. Uh, if you want to register, you can go to holyleague.org. Holyleague.org. We'll see you tomorrow. Yep. Uh, at at uh, Saint Joseph's Catholic Church. And he's going to be speaking with other speakers, Steve Ray and um, Dick and Harold Shivers, Shivers and and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a, Father Stephen Fa- Kenyon. Kenyon, I think he's from the FSSP. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's going to be an exciting event. Okay. Hope to see you there. So let's jump right into it. To get a recommendation, you can go to websites with names like Nug. MD, N-U-G-G-M-D, mm-hmm. and get approved in less than 10 minutes to get some dope. Can you imagine that? With that recommendation, Online. <laughs> you can acquire a state-licensed medical marijuana card in states where recreational use of cannabis is legal. 
You don't need a medical marijuana card to buy cannabis products, but the card exempts you from certain taxes. It's basically a discount card for high-frequency users. Here's my opinion. This is a scam that is meant to turn our youth into zombies. Yeah, absolutely. So at, at, at a dispensary, there's no distinction between cannabis products made to be consumed for fun and ones created for their supposed healing properties. You walk into a store... It's the exact same product, said Ben Court. If you have a med card, you pay less tax. The array of products an offering is dazzling. On weedmaps.com, you can buy your cannabis in the form of a joint, flour, vape, concentrate, butter crumble or crystalline, cookie, brownie, corn nut, car- caramel corn, jalapeno cheese cracker, rice crispy bar, macaroon, Pretzel bite, cereal, tincture, syrup, seltzer, iced tea, herbal tea, tonic, apple juice, punch, mocktail, root beer, cream soda, lemonade, agua fresca, powder, gummy, mint, chocolate, gum, balm, salve, bath bath balm, salt, oil, shower gel, or soap, and have it delivered to your doorstep. Mm. See the menu? These, Mm. These products are sold are sold as medicine, even though none of them is FDA approved. That None of the list that my wife just read to you. <laughs> there are only four cannabis-based drugs that have received FDA authorization, all of which require prescriptions. And although it's illegal for anyone without a medical degree to offer medical advice, dispensary, not bartenders, bud tenders, <laughs> do it all the time. Their advice is completely evidence-free because no evidence exists that the specific products they sell have any medicinal value. Mm. My comment, these bud tenders, not bartenders, are practicing medicine without a license, which is illegal in all 50 states, but the government turns a blind eye to this. Yeah, of course, because they're reaping benefits from it. So drug companies are forever doing drug trials to see if this new drug helps or doesn't help, said Dr. Robin Murray, a psychiatric a research at a King's College, London, who specializes in cannabis-induced uh, schizophrenia. Why would cannabis companies do this? They are doing so well without the trials. The trial might show that it wasn't helpful, so they've got no incentive to do these trials. <laughs> these, there is research out there supporting the use of cannabis for some medical conditions, said Stute. But it's all less than 10% THC. Nothing has been studied greater than 10%. But we have all this research showing that greater than 10% puts you at risk for psychosis, addiction, suicide, cannabis, hyperemesis syndrome. Con- that, that means it's constant vomiting and all those things that high potency THC is doing. Uh, my comment is that uh, I yeah. repeat that much of these symptoms are exactly like a person who's diabolically afflicted. Mm-hmm. In fact, possession looks a lot like mental insanity, and mental insanity looks a lot like demonic possession. Wow. High potency describes all of the cannabis products sold in the United States today, the vast majority of which are over 15% THC. Uh, now, now, my, my wife's going to share with you from a, a pro-marijuana doctor. Look at how irrational he sounds. I have no doubt that he's financially invested in the marijuana industry. Look at this. Yeah, this, this doctor, doctor. His name is Dr. David Smith. He's an addiction medicine doctor who founded the Height Ashbury Free Clinic in, in 1967. 
is highly optimistic about the prospects of cannabis research for medical purposes. Yeah, right. There we go. Medical purposes, as well as the medical potential of psilocybin and other psychedelics. He says, there's a lot of promise in cannabis medicine, but you're not going to get that by vaping in a classroom. The pantomime version of drug prescription that characterizes the cannabis market today is not the way medicine's supposed to be practiced. So no, so notice, yeah. although, although he's a pro marijuana doctor, he is, he is criticizing the assortment of the assortment of ways that people, people ingest, ingest marijuana. <laughs> now here's a rational speaking doctor. His name's Doctor. Drug addicts are going to get it the way they want, and however they're going to get it, you yeah. know, if they want for their own. Doctor Lev is a rational speaking doctor. Here's what he says: "Quote, it's insulting to the medical professional. They've hijacked the word medical." Yep. And then Stute. Yeah, he says. She says. She this, said. Yeah. yeah this is the, this yeah, is the mother Stute, who's the, no Stute. Uh, this is the doctor. The, Dr. the doctor. Doctor Stute. Yeah. She said this is not medicine. This is high potency THC has not been studied as medicine, but because it's allowed to be heavily marketed and advertised as medicine, people believe it's safe. And so they believe it's medicine. And when you take medicine for a chronic problem, you take it every day. Sometimes you take it all day long and that makes you addicted to it. And so then you're in constant withdrawal. There you go. To imagine the market potential for a legal, highly addictive drug, all you have to do is look at the colossal success of the industries that pioneered the addiction business, tobacco, alcohol, and pharmaceuticals. Today, all three are heavily invested in cannabis, dope, marijuana. In 2019, Altria, the parent company of Marlboro Cigarettes, acquired 45% of Kronos, one of the world's biggest cannabis companies. Constellation Brands, a major alcohol conglomerate, has billions invested in Canopy, another cannabis company. And last year, Jazz Pharmaceuticals acquired GW Pharmaceuticals, the company that makes one of the four FDA-approved cannabis-derived drugs. Even a former CEO of Purdue Pharma, the company that made OxyContin, co-founded a medical marijuana company called Emblem, after helping to create the modern opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. P- uh, Jordan Davidson says, people think it's a miracle drug, that it's not addictive, that it helps with cancer and anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, uh, Jordan Davidson, who recovered from cannabis addiction and now works for Smart Approaches to Marijuana, which advocates against the expansion of the cannabis industry, he says this, quote, it's more like Big Tobacco 2.0. Wow. Once again, wow. I'm just going to say, just because follow the money. tobacco is addictive. Yeah. You know? So, but it's a higher form. All you got to do is follow the money. Scripture calls avarice, which means yeah. greed. It's one of the seven deadly sins. And Jesus says that you can't love mammon, that's money and God at the same time. Mammon is a reference to money by the Lord. Right. So the future of the industry that these investors are now betting on is focused on families like Aubrey Adams in Pueblo, Colorado. Aubrey's older son started using legal cannabis products in the eighth grade. By his freshman year in high school, he was addicted. He became psychotic. Self-harming, violent behaviors, couldn't even regulate any moods, crying obsessively, inconsolable, paranoid over things, thinking people were after him, mm. after us. His mother recounted, he tried to kill his little brother several times. Once Aubrey's younger son had to run away from his brother barefoot in the snow, Aubrey had to 
quit her job to stay home to protect him. Her older son attempted suicide. He started selling marijuana and ended up on the streets. He got beat up. Someone threatened to shoot up the family's house. On one occasion, Aubrey found herself trying to calm down her son as he frantically searched the house for the key to the lock on the family's gun, gun, believing people were coming after him. There were many moments when I had to tell my younger son, get out of the house, Aubrey would say. There were moments when I said, get the dog, lock yourself in my bedroom. So she was telling this to her younger son to protect him. When Aubrey tried to get her son to stop, he would say, it's medicine, Mom. You're the only one not using it, Mom. Maybe you need to start using it, Mom. You'll feel better. What you're saying is a lie, Mom. It's all propaganda, Mom. Mm. See all the, the buzzwords they're telling our mom? The Marxist buzzwords. Yep, yep. Even while watching all of this unfold, Aubrey's husband began secretly using cannabis as well, believing it would calm his anxiety. He went to a dispensary and complained about panic attacks. The butt tender readily readily offered him spurious medical advice, recommending marijuana flowers that were 24% THC. Aubrey's husband began regularly consuming cannabis as his family was falling apart and fell into a pattern of depression depression and suicidal ideation there's a weak man a man that was not focused on christ he allowed the demon to come into his house from a psychological and christian perspective there's a, a dr gerald may says in his book addiction and grace that addiction occurs when we take that deep desire we have for god and we attach it to some created thing over time through repeated repetition, we become enslaved to something that never really makes us happy. We'll Jesus to f- one. Yeah, the holy pause by Lady of Guadalupe. We'll continue. We'll be back. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are going to finish. We're back, Jesus 911. We're talking about the dangers of marijuana. There's a great article that we're leaning on. The article is called, uh, let me see, <laughs> How We Became the New Oxycontin. Yes, How and we it's became a, the New a very um, sobering article yeah. for those parents that are strugg- having struggles with their child um, smoking marijuana and yeah. um, being apologetics, uh, apologetically, you know, for marijuana, why they're taking it? Yeah, kids that they become apologists in college for mm-hmm. this for this green, yep. this devil's the devil's weed. Yeah, and we're giving you some of the information that'll help you just see how dangerous it is from a yeah from a natural, scientific, and even biblical perspective. It's a common pattern. The article says people yeah. start consuming cannabis to fix their anxiety, but the withdrawal from the THC instigates anxiety instead of alleviating it. People think, oh, it's my symptoms. That's why I need it. I'm anxious and it's treating my anxiety, said Stute, Dr. Stute. No, it's the withdrawal that's causing your anxiety. <laughs> the withdrawal. Yeah. That's where they're getting confused. Exactly. Or they want yeah. So it's a vicious cycle that, that, that's great for business. Yeah. <laughs> At the root of the misconception is a myth that cannabis, as it exists today, is 
is a safe, natural, medicinal substance. But if people thought of it today's high-potency THC products the way they think of hard drugs, far few people would fall under its influence, which is why it's so important to the industry that they don't. So everybody knows meth is bad, according to Ben Court. He said, there's not a user who does not think meth is bad. You survey America, about 65% of them are going to tell you there's nothing wrong with weed. Mm. Wow. They say meth is bad, but there's nothing wrong with weed. Mm. But now they're at the same level. Yes. And now those Americans are facing a tidal wave of corporate advertising telling them they are right. Yeah. The legalization wow. of marijuana has turned several states, at what, 18, into a big Woodstock yes. festival. So the bottom line, since this is a Catholic show, does the Bible call us to live a life of sobriety? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. The Bible mentions that we should be sober at least six times in the New Testament. Acts 26, 25, Romans 12, 3, 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, 1 Peter 1, 3, 1 Peter 4, 7, 1 Peter 5, 8. I'll read one of them to you. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says it six times in the New Testament. Here's the last one. Be sober and vigilant. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him steadfast in faith. In other words, the only way you can resist Mm -hmm. the devil is by faith. Guess what? If you're intoxicated, it's impossible to resist the devil, and it's impossible to exercise the virtue of faith. So here's a short answer as to why smoking marijuana is wrong. Because in a nutshell, it alters your mind alters your judgment, Mm -hmm. and alters your ability to think clearly and soberly. As, uh, is it Dr. Stute? Uh, Um, Stute, is he a doctor? Dr. Stute, yeah, Yeah. Dr. Stute. Yeah, what what is he saying? She says, says, this is is a for-profit industry. That just says, and they profit off addiction. Isn't that diabolical? Yeah, here's the diabolical aspect Uh, to all of this. Uh, This is alchemy, and mm -hmm. what is alchemy? Alchemy is a science that's no longer practiced, but the definition of alchemy is it, it seeks to transform one chemical, mm-hmm. chemical element into another chemical element mm-hmm. through a combination of magic and primitive char- chemistry, typically mm-hmm. sorcery. Yeah. So, you know, a, a simpler definition mm-hmm. is alchemy is considered to be the ancestor of modern chemistry, Mm -hmm. but it's the use of physical matter like leaves or feathers or crystals or chemicals to convey the supernatural or the preternatural. So it's an occult practice to create energies into something else. And this is what the industry has done with marijuana, with the marijuana plant. My wife said something to me yesterday. I said, mm-hmm. "Wow, this is this is this unlocks my understanding." What did you call the marijuana plant? I called it. The, it's a it's a gain of function, and it's chemical engineering that has made it a super weed. That's, you know, the, because, that's the best definition I've heard. Yeah, because they're changing the chemicals. I mean, t- there's no more plant in there. Yeah, it's all chemicals. That's alchemy, mm-hmm. and that's an occult practice. This Absolutely. is what's used by Satanists and witches. Yep. And and the last thing I'll mention before we get into a good news item is remember the demon behind this. His name is Bacchus, who we rebuke, okay. reject, and renounce in Jesus' name. name. Go, go to, to the, the foot, foot of the, the cross, cross that Jesus may do with you as, as he, he wills. wills. Uh, and, and so Fulton Sheen told yep. us in the 70s that this is the demon uh, of marijuana 
yeah. that that was here. He was already here in the seventies. Yeah, and he would if he was here today. He'd say, "I told you, I told you." Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah we could say this. Yeah, but and let's not forget that now the Mexican cartels run ninety percent of the marijuana industry in California. If you type that up in any search mm-hmm. engine, you'll find many articles mm-hmm. verifying what I just told you right now. The Mexican cartels run the marijuana industry in California. They're walking up to people that have you know hundred acres, fifty acres. They walk up to them and say, "Hey, um, we like to buy your hundred acres." Uh, you know, in yeah, these rural, Sonoma in, County, r- rural parts of <laughs> yeah. California, Northern California. <laughs> Yeah. And the people, well, how much is it worth? I think it's worth $2 million. Mm-hmm. Here's $4 million. The, the yep, cartels are paying people twice as much money as it's worth and just buying hundreds and thousands of acres of property in central and northern California right now as we're talking. Mm-hmm. Other people that resist them, they walk up and say, hey, you got 100 acres. How much is it worth? I think it's worth like $5 million. Uh, yeah, we'll give you $10 million. No, it's not for sale. You know what they do? They take out their gun, they shoot you in the head. They say, uh, yeah, you're dead. Uh, now we're going to mm-hmm. buy the property. And I'm sure they're, they're also giving money to the Democratic Party in California. I mean, because they're behind so just them. be quiet. Don't say nothing. Don't bring the feds over here. This is you know, yeah, this, our business. That's an important and point. Be, mm-hmm. Because George I'm Soros, sure. he, George Soros, I read several years ago, and this is like 10 years ago, he gave like $85 million to the Democrat yeah. Party initially. Mm-hmm. This is like 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, to start putting... Internet yes. advertisement billboards yes. uh, to try to you know sell sell the whole marijuana industry. Mm-hmm. So he funded the initial mm-hmm. burst of advertisement through mm-hmm. the Democrat Party. This is about yeah. ten years ago. He's probably yeah. pumped a lot more money into their yep. coffers. But here's the last thing yeah, I'll the, say: the cartels and and the Democrat Party are unholy alliance. Yeah, absolutely. They're involved. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the, 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 let's not forget that the Mexican cartels are full-blown Satanists, mm-hmm. and they're known to curse the drugs before they sell them to low-information Americans. How yeah. do we stop this? Every every American should s- stop smoking weed yeah. now, like right now, and every American should repent and turn and surrender their life to Jesus Christ. Right, and reject that it is me- it's uh, it's a yeah. medicine. Yeah, don't buy reject the lie. Reject it. Yeah. yeah, don't buy the lie. Hey, we got a few minutes. Let's. I want to wrap it up with a good news story. Yeah, we have this good news story. Yeah, yeah. Somebody send us a little video. Yeah. Of the Boston Boston Celtics interim coach, his name is Joe Mazzula, and he was interviewed following the Celtics win over the Miami Heat on Wednesday night, which was uh, November 30th. Mm-hmm. And Jason Tatum led the charge for the Celtics, dropping 49 points on 15 of 25 shooting in front of... I guess that's good, right? Yeah, I guess it I is. Don't, yeah, we don't, don't watch it. Basketball. But I guess in the, in, the, in the audience, in the front row, was Prince William and Kate Middleton. So oh. you're going to love this. When Joe Mazzulla, the interim coach, is asked about the royal family in attendance, you're going to love his answer. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? I'm a non-basketball question. Did you get a chance to meet with the royal family? And if not, how was it like having them there in the building? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? <laughs> the prince and princess of Wales. Oh, no, I did not. I'm familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one. 
Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. God bless this coach. Yes. Interim coach Joe <laughs> Right in this press conference with right. all kinds of cameras and microphones in his face. He, he's yeah, asked, I mean, what about the royal family in attendance? Yeah, I knew the royal family. There's only one. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. He must be a Catholic. Exactly. He named Joseph, Mary. Because you know, most Protestants won't say Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. They'll just say right, Jesus. Right. You know? What appropriate... Uh, uh, response for Advent. What a witness, too. Yeah, witness. He was not yeah. ashamed at all. Very calm, cool, and collective. And, and he, had a, uh, he, he was straight, real. He, he was, was real. Straight, yeah, he had a straight face. Yeah, he's like, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm serious about what I'm talking about. I'm not. Jo- it's not a joke here. Wow. Yeah, he said this, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Joseph? I'm only familiar with one, one royal family. family. I don't know too much about them. He's speaking about Prince Williams and Kate Middleton. He says, but hopefully they're Celtic fans. <laughs> We need more Catholics in the public square doing things like this. Again, this is called taking our faith to the public square or yep. standing into the breach. Yep. You yep. know, this is th- this man did exactly what every lay Catholic is called to do in the public square. Yeah, and and sometimes this is your only chance. This is your only chance. Thinking fast and on your feet and and thinking God. This is a person yeah. who you can tell has an interior life with God. Oh yeah. That's the only way he would be able to say this. Right? Yep, I, I mean, I, that's, no, I mean, there's no way. A secular humanist no, is not going to say, say that. No. no, no. He has an interior yes. life with Christ, and he takes his faith seriously. Obviously, he's a communicate because he yeah. said uh, that this it's totally Catholic. That was a Catholic response. To- it, was, was it was a Catholic. A, it was not a Protestant a Catholic response. answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, by the way, if family, I'm going to be at uh, St. Joseph's Catholic Church uh, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. We're leaving in a in about an hour to the airport. Yes. Uh, the Holy League Catholic Men's Conference, Steve Ray, myself, mm-hmm. Deacon uh, Harold Shivers, Father Stephen Kenyon, he's from the FSSP, mm-hmm. 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, if you want to register, you can go to holyleague.org, holyleague.org. Mm-hmm. Hope to see you there. Yeah, and if you can fly, you can fly today and yep. be there tomorrow. Yeah, and if you just live <laughs> or drive, if you live close to Oregon, just drive. It's just yeah, worth the drive. drive. Right, absolutely. Remember, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. That's exactly what we want, what we want to do in these men's conferences. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a, a retreat in your Advent season, you know, to reflect on Christ yeah. and um, the will yeah. in your life. Yeah, right? this is, and here's also important for some of you guys say, I don't want to go to retreat. That's for women. Now, you know what the word retreat is? Actually, you're wrong. Retreat is a military word. Mm-hmm. It's not a feminine word. It's a, it means a platoon at war. You're taking a shellac and you're getting beat down. You're going to retreat and say, okay, let's figure out a second plan. That's what retreat means. It's a military term. We're going to say, okay, let's pull back a little bit. Let's get in a huddle and let's think about how we're going to go on the offensive. What's going to be our next strategy? A retreat is about the manliest thing for you to do because we are part of the church military. And we also, because Jesse's speaking, this is also a retreat for us because we're also, everything we're hearing, everything he's saying he just, uh, the repetition always helps uh, encourage your spirit, especially right now in Arizona yeah. with things that are happening. I know, with the we Steelers in Arizona. Retreat. Yeah, with the Steelers in Arizona. The Steelers, and I don't yeah. mean the Pittsburgh Steelers. No. <laughs> I mean the Democrat Steelers. Hey, yeah. hey, family, God bless you. Up next, uh, I think it's uh, Gary Machudahan's on apologies. Yes, and have a holy, uh, blessed Advent. Remember, you wear purple. Yep. God bless you. See you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel.